Morning. Morning. Welcome, Kyle. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Kyle. We're continuing our series. It's called Being a Catalyst. Being a Catalyst. Um, if you have watched or listened to sports talk, I actually like sports. I like watching sports. I listen to sports sometimes in the room. If you have watched or listened to sports talk radio, you know one topic gets a lot of debate. It always pops up. It always, they're always talking about it. And it's the question, who is the goat? You know, who is, you know, back in my day, being the goat was bad. But now, being the goat is really good because goat represents what? The greatest of all time. So they're always debating who is the greatest of all time. Who is the greatest basketball player, football, baseball, you know, tennis, golf, hockey, any sports. They're always talking about who is the goat. Like for basketball, right? You've heard it for several years now. It's like this raging debate. Who is the goat? Is it? Michael Jordan or LeBron James, right? That's the debate. You always hear that. The older people always say Michael Jordan. But the younger ones say, like, no, LeBron James, baby, right? And there's also, right, the goat of music or musical groups. Who is the greatest of all time musical? What was the greatest of all time song, right? What was the greatest of all time movie? Right? People are always talking. And you know what? Even Jesus' disciples were having the goat debate. They were having the goat debate amongst themselves. They were having this debate. They were talking about, like, who was the greatest amongst them? So how do we determine that? How do you determine who is the greatest? How do you become the greatest? And who is the greatest of all time? Well, we're going to look at that topic today. We're going to look at Luke chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. Okay, Luke 22. And this is where the disciples are engaging in this discussion, and Jesus kind of chimes in. But right before they have this debate, it was, you know, the, the Passion Week. It was right before Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, and they were having and celebrating Passover together. And Jesus takes the Passover elements and he applies them in a fresh way and gives them an understanding of what the elements were pointing to. They were pointing to him and his sacrifice. And so he takes the bread and he takes the, the wine or the juice for us, but he takes the bread and the wine and he says, whenever you eat this, Remember me. Remember me. Remember the sacrifice. I am going to die for you. Remember that. So we're going to take communion today to remember Jesus. But right in the midst, right after Jesus, they have this touching, heavy, like emotional time where Jesus is explaining and, and introducing communion, the very first communion. This is what happens. Okay, Luke 22 24. It says this. Then they, that's the disciples, began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Right? Right after they had this first communion, they start arguing who's the greatest among us. Jesus told them, in this world, 
The kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. So very first point I want to make this morning is this. The world has its own idea of what greatness is. The world has its own idea of what greatness is. So here we have the disciples, and the disciples are right there with Jesus. They just had Passover. They just had the first communion, and they're having this goat debate. But it isn't a goat debate about, is Jesus the greatest of all time? It says they're deciding which of them is going to be the greatest. Can you imagine that? They're talking about which of them is going to be the greatest, right? Which of them is going to be the greatest, right? And that's, you know, that's the influence. That's the mindset and attitude of the world. The world always wants to identify and wants to know who's the greatest and strive for being the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who's the best? Who has the most? Who is the highest? In fact, Jesus said in verse 25, he said, in this world, kings and great men lord it over their people, even though they exercise this authority and sometimes oppressive and sometimes tax the people and all these things, they are called friends of the people. They are admired by the people because that's the mindset of the world. It's well, they're great, and I'm not. And everyone's seeking and striving to be great. And you know what? That attitude has infected our perspective and our thinking. And it causes us to be adversarial with one another because we're always comparing Outwardly, we might say, oh, that's good. You got a raise. That's nice. But really, why didn't I get that raise? <laughs> right? And we're always comparing with one another, comparing jobs, comparing homes, comparing cars, comparing abilities, achievements, kids, money, even spiritually. We compare because we're saying, I want to be. And for us and the world's mindset, if I want to get raised up, if I want to be great, then that means you have to be brought down. You have to be brought down. So we are influenced by that. Not fully celebrating the successes of others, especially when it's in our, our area or our field or our workplace, secretly wanting them to get pushed down you know and the world feels that just think of the some of the slogans that get us to focus on me it's like have it your way do it do yourself a favor you owe it to yourself you deserve a break today those messages are all i i i i me 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 mine 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 and then a new thing that's kind of come about re more recently with social media, there's this whole thing about your brand, right? People are trying to brand themselves. And I thought about that. Like, they're the product, and they're trying to promote them. 
And there's this competition about how many likes are you getting? How many views do you have? How many, right? Even for me, Kyle said, there's this cattle story. I'm sharing a story. I got 500 likes. Oh, okay. Well, hey, 500 views. Oh, all right, right? How many did they get? How many did they get? Right? It's like, <laughs> because we're asking who's the best, who's the greatest, who's the highest. You know, there was this quote I read recently. It says this. We are in an age of gross selfishness. We are in an age of gross selfishness. And so the disciples are having this argument. They're talking about who's the goat. I'm the goat. You're not the goat. Look what I've done. They're having this big debate, big argument. Jesus steps in, starts talking to them, and then he continues, Luke 22, 26. Jesus says this to them. But among you, it will be different. He doesn't say it might be different. He doesn't say it'll cho choose to be. He goes, it's going to be different among you. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. The leader should be like a servant. Point number two, with God and his kingdom, the greatest is a servant. With God and his kingdom, the greatest is a servant. Servant. From a human perspective, from the world's perspective, that makes no sense whatsoever. It's like, what the heck? The greatest is a servant? I don't want that. Why should I be a servant? Who wants to be a servant? It was interesting, I read the story about Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein was the legendary conductor of the New York Philharmonic. And he was once asked, what is the most difficult instrument to play? Okay, famous conductor, New York Philharmonic. What is it? He quickly responded, second fiddle. He said, I could get plenty of first violinists. But to find one who plays second violin with as much enthusiasm or second French horn or second flute, now that's a problem. And he said, and yet, if no one plays second, we have no harmony. Worldly, humanly, no one likes to be second. No one wants to be a servant. The world has left us with a very negative image of being a servant. It's lowly. It's of little value. The person, that, that person isn't worth much. They get abused, beaten, taken advantage of, miserable. Yet Jesus completely changes that mindset. He completely comes from the opposite direction. He says the reality of God's kingdom, the truth and reality of God's kingdom is completely opposite from the world's. And we need our minds radically changed and transformed. Isaiah 42.1. This is God speaking about a servant. Isaiah 42, 1. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, 
in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nation. God gives high praise about his servant. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus goes on, Luke twenty two twenty seven. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, look at this, but not here. He says, yeah, who is more important? Who is the best? Who is the greatest? The one who sits at the table or the one that serves? He says, the one that sits at the table, of course. That's what everyone thinks. That's what the world tells you. That's what advertisements say. He says, not here. But not here. That does not operate here. That is not true here. That is not true for my kingdom. That is not what I'm about. For I am among you as one who serves. One who serves. Point number three. Jesus was the greatest servant of all. And he served you. He served you. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came with no sense of entitlement, not expecting to be served, to lay down his rights, no money, nor power, nor position, nor prestige, and he did it for you. He did it for you. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfishness, from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Look at this, verse 5. Have this mindset among yourselves. He's saying, have a total transformed mind, transformed way of thinking. You cannot think according to the way the world thinks. You cannot think according to trying to be the goat or determine who's the goat. That's the worldly thinking. That's the fleshly thinking. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. If you've received Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of Jesus. You have the love of Jesus. You've received the service of Jesus. He says, you have the mind of Christ. You have it. You have the transformed mind already in your spirit. 
world pollute your mind with their thinking because that way leads to death, destruction, havoc, chaos, conflict, arguments. Verse 6, who, talking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He laid down his right. He laid down his privilege. He always was God. He never ceased to be God, but he released, gave up his power as God to exercise that power. He could have taken it back at any time, but he goes, no, I'm setting it aside. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Emptied himself for you. Took the form of a servant for you. Being born in the likeness of men for you. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death for you. Even death on a cross for you and me and every single person. Jesus was the ultimate servant, and he did it for us. He was the greatest servant of all time. And he didn't just say it. He physically, in a practical way, demonstrated it to the disciples. John 13, starting verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. So Jesus was secure in his identity. That's why he could be a total servant, because he knew who he was. He knew he could get in the dirt, serve, minister to people. People, they call him like, why is he eating with sinners and drunkards and prostitutes and tax collectors? Because I know who I am. I know I'm the son of God. Same for us. If you've received Jesus Christ, you are son and daughter of God. You don't have to be responding to circumstances or to people. You don't have to react to them. We can just act out of who we are because we know who we are. We know the riches. We know the love of God for us. We know he is for us 24-7. We know our future and our destiny. Jesus knew, he had been, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. He knew where he was going. He knew he was headed. So he got up from the table. Because of that, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. You know, I totally get Peter in that situation. I, 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 know what he, I know what he's feeling, thinking, don't you? He was thinking of being, Lord, you're the Lord. 
It's not right for you to wash my feet. It's not appropriate. I don't deserve this. This is embarrassing and this is shameful, Lord. No, you will never ever wash my feet. Why? Because I don't deserve it. Because it's too painful. Because there's no way I could ever repay you. I want this reaction from Peter to sink in for a second. Because I think most, if not all of us, can identify with Peter. That's why it's hard, so hard for us to receive. And especially if he's a God. Because we feel like we don't deserve it. It's too painful to allow him to do that. You know, behind that feeling, that thinking, that mindset, that attitude, there is a demonic spirit of false humility. There's a demonic spirit of unworthiness. There is a demonic spirit of shame. There is a demonic religious spirit that says, you haven't earned it. What have you done for God? You have to jump through all of these hoops first. You have to go clean yourself up first. You got to go make yourself right first. You can't receive from him. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, break those demonic bondages. Free us from the attitude, thinking, feelings, the strategies of the enemy that prevent us from receiving what the Lord wants and has given us. Jesus replied to Peter, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. You know, allowing Jesus to serve us, receiving God, serving us, is how we become worthy We are not worthy in and of ourselves. But allowing Jesus to serve us, humbling ourselves and receiving and recognizing we need it. We need you, Lord. We need your forgiveness. We need you to have died for us. We need your love. 
We need your strength. We need your peace. We need your joy. We need the eternal life you give. We need your spirit. We need, we need all of that. Lord, please, yes, I receive you serving me. I receive your love for me. I receive your goodness, your grace, your holiness that you give to me. I receive it. And that's what makes us worthy. It's all what he does for us, not what we do for him. You know, it's, I kind of thought, it's, it's kind of like this. Moms will identify this, I think. It's kind of like when your kids are young, and then moms, you gave them money so that they could go out and buy you a birthday present. Right? So you go give them money so they can go out and buy you a birthday present. And they come, they're excited, and they go, Mom, this is what I care. Happy birthday. What do you say? I bought that. I gave you the money. That doesn't count. They're like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Thank you. And you receive it back. Where did you learn how to do that? How did you know to do that? How did you know that that brings me so much joy? Because it's from your father, your heavenly father, God. God serves us. God loves us. God gives to us so that we could come back and say, God, here you go. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. He serves us. He loves us. He gives to us. He wants us to freely receive it so we can go and give to others. And God says, that's my son. That's my daughter. John 13, let's close. 13 after Jesus had washed their feet, washes Peter. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Because the king of kings has loved us and served us and died for us and given to us. He asks us to serve and love other people. I have given you example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you that true slaves are not greater than their master, nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Do you want blessing? I do. Go and serve other people. Because Jesus has so awesomely served us, he calls us to serve him and others. Why? 
because God's greatest goal for you, and listen to this, God's greatest goal for you is to be like Jesus and like him. That's his desire for you, that you would become and experience what it is to live like Jesus. You don't have to. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 1 Corinthians 9.19, even though I am free, a free man with no master, here's Paul, even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. You don't have to serve others. But God wants you to choose to serve others because all that you have received from him. You know, right now we're going to have an a interview. Um, Damon's going to interview Stephanie Minami. And I, I love it that Stephanie, right, she, I was talking to she said, yeah, I asked her if she would share. She goes, yeah, yeah. She goes, well, it's good because we've had so many of the younger people going. I get to rep represent the older adults <laughs> or the adults. So I thought, that's awesome. That's awesome. So she's going to share. She's going on a trip. And I was just touched because it's really going to be a servant. So good morning, Steph. Good morning. So I think it's been cool to hear about your story from you directly about uh, your tr upcoming trip. But I think the cool part to me is seeing uh, how God has been leading you over the past few years and changing kind of your perspective on what it looks like for you to serve and love other people. And I think a, a significant part for me was learning that you went to Bible school. I didn't know that before. And where you were at when you, when you finished Bible school. So can you share a little bit about where you were at when you finished Bible school? Mm -hmm. Sure. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, Back in 2015, I graduated from Bible college, and um, at the end of, like right before graduation, all of our teachers, we were gathered in the auditorium, they're like, okay, you guys are equipped. Who's ready to go on a mission? And I was like, no, not me. I am not going. All the young people can go on missions. I will just pray over them, and let me just, can I just serve where I'm at? in my family, in my backyard, in my community, at my work, just let me serve where I am. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing in the last seven years has been God allowing me to serve according to my heart's desire, which is, yeah, in my backyard. Um, uh, I work literally five minutes from home, so that's my backyard. At work, I get to pour into all of my students, and it's a secular place, so I get to pray over them, have my scripture all over the wall, they have my coffee mug, um, it says I need a lot of coffee, but I need more of Jesus, and so when people come into my office, I get to pray over them and um, just offer prayer. And then, of course, at Catalyst, I've been able to serve in my community. I just thank Catalyst so much for the opportunity to actually serve here. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last seven years. Yeah, and then so you also shared with me a little bit about how pre-pandemic, you felt like the Lord was leading you to do some uh, 
disconnecting with some of your earthly things. Can you share a little bit about that and how that's important to this big picture of what God's been doing? Yeah, thanks. Um, so right before the pandemic, like literally three days before the shutdown, um, God had been leading me to give away all my things. So given that I'm an adult and I have built this life of so much stuff, you know, I had like seven boxes of Christmas decor, one that was red and gold, one that was wooden, one that was blue and silver, one that was purple, one that was Hawaiian. So it's just kind of a lot. Um, I'm the ultimate hostess. Like you'll see cute little bowls, serving bowls, and just it's like give everything away. I was like, okay, I will give everything away. So take all of my adulthood, dwindle it down to 40 boxes, 20 of which were memorabilia and my kids' things. So giving away all my clothes, I ended up with just half a closet of clothes and a couple drawers of things. But luckily, God was like, you're fine because the pandemic happened and I was working virtually. So literally t-shirts and shorts and pajamas every single day. <laughs> but what he's really doing, I mean, some nights I would just sit up in the middle of the like in the middle of the night, out of my bed, jolt up and think, OMG, what did I just do? I literally have nothing left. If I wanted to start a new life, I'd have nothing. Literally no dishes, nothing. Um, and he was like, it's okay, don't worry. He would soothe me in those moments and he said, you don't need those things. You're gonna be just fine. And what he was doing really in that whole incident was disattaching me from all the things that I had placed so much value in in my life um, that kind of defined me, the hostess, the mother, the, you know, the house thing. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, you don't need those things and you'll be fine. Yeah, and then also you were sharing a little bit about how spiritually you were kind of feeling a little bit stuck. Can you share with our church family a little bit about what that feeling was about and kind of how God is leading you now in that? Yeah, I'm giggling because it's kind of silly, but I was feeling stuck because I'm going to be turning 50 this year. and I Definitely don't look like you're turning 50 this year. <laughs> Thanks. Don't get too close. Um. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, and I can say that. <laughs> but as I approached my 50th year, um, I had always been telling my kids since they were little, like, hey, listen, you guys need to go to school, get a job, make sure you have a room for mommy, because after, <laughs> after I retire, you know, I'm going to live three months at your house, three months at your house, three months at your house, and the last three months, who knows where I will be, you know? Um, and then, uh, so basically I was like, God, my youngest graduates this May, this upcoming May, can I retire now? I mean, I'm 50, didn't the Levites retire at 50? <laughs> and he's like, yes, they did, but have you been serving me the whole, your whole life in the way that they have? I was like, no. It's like, then you're not retiring. I was like, so what do I do? I mean, I don't really know what to do anymore. I'm done. My kids are, uh, you know, they're going to be self-sufficient. And even though, you know, parenting never ends, right? But he said, you know what? Here's how I want you to look at it. 
Over the last 30 years of your adulthood, um, you've learned so much. What you've done and accomplished can be used for your next 30 years. So I need you to dream bigger and just know that you still have a lot that you can do and accomplish. I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but okay, I trust you. Awesome. So, okay, so then uh, Kaylee invited you to this meeting, right? And so can you share a little bit about what that happened? Yes, so you guys all know Kaylee Lani, my daughter. She loves the Lord. I love that. And she was like, after she finished Bible school, she's like, Mom, I want to be a full-time missionary. I was like, go Kaylee, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. I was like, go Kaylee. You know, I'm always going to support you if that's what you want to do. Yes. Um, and still, it was not on my heart at all to go on any missions. So she said, Mom, um, there's a missions trip uh, meeting, and it happened to be the last one for signups. She's like, can you come with me? I was like, of course, I'll come with you. And so again, at the meeting, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go, but I just had this tug on my heart. And so I told the missions leader, I was like, I don't know. I got stuff to do. I mean, I get things on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, I need to move her to her dorm in August, and yeah, I don't know if I can take the time off, you know, things are kind of busy, but she's like, that's okay, even though today's the last day for you to sign up, I'm going to keep it open for seven days for you, and just go talk to, figure out what your daughter's schedule is, talk to your boss, see what you could do, and it turns out everything was cleared, God was like, I'm going to make a way, you're going, <laughs> so I signed up. So in seven short years, you went from going, I am not going on a trip, to now you're going on a trip. Can you share with us a little bit about what your trip is going to be and what you're going to be doing? Thanks. Yeah. So yes, seven short years, I was like, not me. But today, I'm like, send me, send me. Um, I'm really excited. So basically, I'm going to go, oh, this is how the Father's heart is. He is so good. You know, he knows that I'm like, I don't want to travel out of the country. I don't really know what this is all about. So he's sending me to Alaska, which is just the corner of the uh, country. But I'm going to be about an hour out of Anchorage. And um, basically, it's gonna, I'm leaving on August 5th. I'll be there until the 11th. Um, we're leaving at like 2.30 in the morning. And what I know that we're doing is we're going to be serving the community and the church out there. And so they're like, just be ready. You're going to wake up at 7, and you're going to work until 9, and then you'll go to sleep at 10 and do it again. And so I was like, okay. Um, what we're going to do is probably um, some building projects, some clearing out of brush. Um, we're definitely going to do some outreach. We will serve at the soup kitchen because in Alaska, I mean, if you – uh, look at the school district, there's like a hundred different dialects that are spoken. And so there are a lot of, um, uh, not only indigenous people, but there are also refugees. There are um, like Japanese uh, fishermen, um, Sudanese refugees, like Mexican um, transplant, so many people out there. And a lot of the community is battling like um, poverty, um, alcoholism, um, it just a lot of, and they need the Lord. And so I'm really excited to, you know, be heading out, God sending me. Yeah, I think that's what's cool about your story is it just really feels like God is leading the way and that you're just saying yes on each of the different steps of the journey. So if people in our church family want to support you, how can we help support you? 
Thanks. So yes, thank you, Pastor Barry, for inviting me on the stage because I am so low-key. I'm like, I want to stay under the radar. Um, but he's like, yeah, just share. I want to first encourage everyone, like, if you think that you want to go on a missions trip, let me know because I can connect you with uh, the group. They're doing missions trips all year long. And, um, like, wherever you're at, you're serving as a missionary. But if you also feel called to go out also, um, there are many, like, you know, we're called to take the word to every corner of the earth. And so there is a, a lot of need there as well. But, um, and we're never too old to do it, even though all the young people, which I'm so excited to see all the young people going, um, I just want to also encourage my peers who are, might be considering it also, that we can do a trip together in the future. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to support, um, actually, since I'm leaving on the 5th, the last day to support is July 28th, which is this Thursday, <laughs> on the Catalyst website. I mean, and actually the Cottonwood website, which I think the church is going, Catalyst is going to send it out in the flyer or like our updates. Um, and you can also donate through um, Catalyst. But mostly what I would really love is that you could pray over me um, because I, I feel strong, but I also have never done any construction work. But I believe that I can do it. And <laughs> I would love prayer over our team. We are a team of seven adults, um, various range and uh, backgrounds. And really, I would love prayer for um, like hearts to be open to receive the word, um, that we can be his hands and feet and his love. And um, yeah, basically, that's it. Okay, so this is kind of impromptu, but Steph, when you come back from your trip, are you going to come on the podcast and share with us what, what was it, what it was like? Yes, I. Well, you know, they asked us to also do a video, a journal and journaling um, of our experience. So I would love to share, like, what my first mission trip was like and what has God been doing. And I think like a lot of people have been asking me, like, Steph, what do you want to do when you come back? And I was like, I don't know. Whatever the Lord leads me to do. You know, as far as serving, I am totally open, like, use me, send me, I'm yours. My life is not my own, it's just for you. And I think, like, recently I was doing a devotional, and it was about, um, you know, when we accept Christ, we become a new creation, so we're his creation, and why not, you know, commit our lives to doing his work, you know? And so that's where my heart stands right now, is like, I just... I don't have any desire but just to serve him. So this morning's song was like, move your heart. It was, I was crying, yes, move your heart, because that's all I want to do. Um, so yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Steph. So uh, church family, let's pray for Steph. Actually, I feel like we should pray for you right now. So if, you won't, if you'd like to extend a hand out, well, let's pray for Steph. Um, God, we just want to send out uh, Steph as our church family and uh, we're going to be going with her in spirit, and God, so we just pray that you'll uh, give her the strength to do all of the building projects. We pray that she'll have a sense of your presence each way. We pray that as she ministers to the people, that she will just have all of your words come out of her mouth. And God, we just thank you for her and her desire to move your heart, and God, we just pray that she will really, really experience your heart for 
her as well as the people in Alaska on her trip. So God, we just thank you for Steph and her desire to be a catalyst uh, for you. So God, just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thanks, Steph, and thanks, Damon. Um, we have the worship team come up. And please, uh, I think um, probably uh, tomorrow, by tomorrow, the um, link will be up on our website, so you could give to us and support Steph through that. Um, I'm just going to close with one thing. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to acknowledge, and I know there's a lot of, a lot of you that serve in our church, but there was a few people he just brought to mind that, that served kind of behind the scenes. And I just felt like I wanted to just acknowledge them. Just, they put on my, one of them is Kristen Poon. Kristen, Kristen oversees our strike teams. And she's here, she's just, you know, like, we're, and then, you know, this summer, normally we could keep the everything set up, but this summer, because they have summer programs, we can't keep it up. And then I told, I felt bad here. Kristen, you know, I'm sorry, right? But we can't, just, you know, that's okay. That's okay. And she's so faithful and serving. Another person that's on the strike team is, I want to go to Eric Kai. <laughs> Eric's here almost every week in fact we were joking i was joking with him one time because um you know ron's always here and that, that's the other person i want to acknowledge ron dietrich because <laughs> eric and ron are here almost every sunday morning setting up ron's doing sound eric's doing the helping with the and i just thank you thank you so much and then i just wanted to close with this, these two people i have a picture of them actually right here this is Robert Ar Arlene Harris. I, and the reason why I just struck, I came one Sunday, they weren't asked to do this. And it was the week before we had our outreach, the Catalyst Cup. They came and they were like cleaning and scrubbing the tables, cleaning that whole lunch area. And it just touched me. It's a touch me, you know, not being asked, just willing to serve, willing to serve. And that's, that's the heart of Jesus for us. Those that are greatest in the kingdom are those that serve. Jesus is the greatest. And Jesus served you and I with his life. Choose to serve him and to serve others. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord, we can't even fathom, we can't even wrap our brain around the idea that you are the greatest servant. You and all your glory, all your majesty, all your might, all your power, you who are the only one who deserves to truly be served, you came to serve us, not only in word and deed, but with your life. And Lord, as we come before communion and take communion today,
I, I pray you would re release each one of us to remember and once again receive freely your service to us that we might be filled with your love and goodness to be able to serve you and others. So thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we, um, as the worship team closes. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It'll be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.